welcome everyone as Fantastic Geek counts down to the Ahsoka series. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello there, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone here today with our final preview of Ahsoka, the Star Wars series coming to Disney Plus. We'll get to when exactly it will come. But first, a little bit of news about what we do past Star Wars. Pete, tomorrow we'll be wrapping up season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Can't wait to take that look back there in what has been a glorious season filled with all sorts of twists and turns. And that's going to be a really fun discussion. Yes, before we know it, we'll be gearing up for season four of Star Trek Lower Decks in early September. But Matt, in terms of everything we do, not a lot getting made by the people who make it before we talk about it right now, talking about this dual writers guild screen actors guild strike. Uh, and indeed Pete in the shadow of uh, I believe a, uh, there was a court case just that had a finding on Friday, I believe that said in these United States, computers cannot author works, which probably led to some upset tummies for studio executives here uh the these dual strikes the the writer strike and the actor strike uh now you know so so far it's uh the writer strike has well surpassed 100 days at this point pete what is the count that we have so we've passed the 2008 strike which was 99 days 2023 as we record today 109 days the record all time is 1988 had 153 days interestingly matt the last time the writers and the actors were struck together was 1960 that was one week shorter than 153 days and there's a feeling it's heading for this and it's worth keeping in mind too the 1960 strike was about how TV was impacting the movies and in terms of the money-making process and fairness for writers and actors and so forth. Um, the 1980s strike was uh, early eighties strike was about the impact of VCRs and taping and things of that sort. The 2008 one, the impact of streaming. So just in case you're wondering why do these things crop up? It's almost as though the studios at, at major, uh, bottle bottlenecks of technology they're looking to extract as much profit as possible and they know exactly what they're doing it's not just oh those as i saw somebody on instagram say oh those actors are just being lazy and things of that sort no it's over real seismic shifts which are occurring within the industry but in the meantime matt this strike has not affected the premiere of ahsoka so illustrated the hastily organized fan screening event on Thursday, August 17th. Yes, I guess both Star Trek and Star Wars now have done the studio producers. I don't know. didn't make it. It was a fan thing. Um, it did. I will say this, Pete, the fan event. It did uh, bring about some enthusiastic uh, footage there on Instagram and social media and YouTube and all that of excited people cheering and things of that sort. The big takeaway, Pete, something that you have been talking about and talking about, I want to say for months as we've been periodically giving Ahsoka updates in this 
this section of our various podcasts, you were dubious that it would be releasing on Wednesday, uh, August 23rd. And Pete, I was, I was almost leaning into the ridiculousness of it because it's 30 days away. It's 20 days. It's 10 days. And at a certain point, I'm like, Pete must know that he's just sticking to this out of, out of stubbornness. Pete, what news came out just yesterday about that August 23rd release date? That it will already be out by then. We will now have the two-episode premiere at 6 p.m. Pacific time, so 9 o'clock p.m. in our Eastern time zone on Tuesday, August 22nd, and that new episodes will now launch at that time on that day. So uh, Wednesdays, no more. We'll get these Tuesday nights. Pete, they've invented a way in which everybody can watch the same thing at the same time, kind of casting it to our TVs in a very broad manner. The future is now, Pete. The future is now. It's exciting times here. It does feel like they're attempting strike. What strike? Have you also noticed, too, Matt, the promotional materials when they have Rosaria Dawson or other actors also carry a very prominent, previously recorded down the bottom of it. Indeed, I read a Hollywood Reporter uh, interview with her, and I was like, okay, let's see when this... I'm sorry, take that back. There was there was some info from this that I saw on the Wikipedia page, and that's how I got to the, the interview, but it was the combined, Pete, the combined Haunted Mansion Ahsoka interview done with the Hollywood Reporter two days before the strike, um, and some particulars shared there that I'll, I'll get into at the moment, but again, it was very clearly, you know, this is before the strike and all of that. It must be weird for these actors to know that they have given kind of legitimate green zone appropriate interviews ahead of the strike, knowing that it was going to be deployed. Yeah. You know, with proper promotion, I'm sure Rosario Dawson and everybody, everybody wants their movies, their TV shows to do well, but kind of knowing, yeah, this, this particular thing that we're recording here about how fun it is on the Ahsoka set or haunted mansion or whatever it is, that's forthcoming. Uh, that that's going to get deployed to people who don't don't know any better. It's going to get deployed the week of, and people are going to go, oh, cool, hey, Rosario Dawson's talking about this show I want to watch, and how, in a weird way, it undermines everything, even though I don't think, Pete, their actions are, are, are undermining. I have to wonder, too, like, is that something that the SAG-AFTRA people look at? Hey, in the future, let's not uh, potentially strike proof these studios by recording this promotional stuff that they can deploy uh, if we don't get things negotiated. Uh, But Matt, people have now seen this. We will see it earlier. So it's time for us to talk about what's coming, uh, the stuff that I've seen. And uh, yeah, what people might need to do to get ready before we're talking about, and this will not change our schedule, uh, the first two episodes a week from today as we're recording on Star Wars Saturdays. Well, indeed, Pete, let's start there ahead of people watching on Tuesday, ahead of our, our inaugural Ahsoka podcasts on Star Wars Saturday how much of Star Wars Rebels should people have seen? Do you need to go back and rewatch those Mandalorian episodes? What's your recommendation? 
I, I'm going to tell you, as somebody who loves Star Wars Rebels, uh, and I know there's a lot of fans out there, um, it wouldn't hurt. However, the way that this story is told through the first two episodes, they are dropping you right in there uh, in Medias Res, and uh, you are an intelligent viewer, and you will figure it out. But certainly, it will further enhance um, the experience if you have seen Star Wars Rebels. I think, too, the the reverse is weirdly true, that if if one gets done with either the first two episodes and you're excited and can't can't believe it's a week until there's more, or you get sure. to the end of the run on uh, what is now October 3rd, that Tuesday release date, um, and you have yourself wishing for more, there are all those old episodes there. Pete, this is yep. the summer of Suits when the biggest show on TV is Suits, the show that ended a number of years ago. Yeah, like um, a couple of years ago uh, when Sopranos was the number one show at the beginning of a year, um, despite having been over for more than a decade. So, yeah, that back catalog, it's... It's there, Pete, anytime you want it, asterisk. Who knows, maybe one day all of a sudden it's like, no, it's now behind the new Disney Plus Plus paywall, or it's only on... Please don't give them ideas. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> Pete, they're going to have to pay for the, these actor contracts somehow. What are they going to do? Take pay cuts at the executive <laughs> level? You know. But Pete, let's let's dive on in here. Do the viewers, can they count on there being a steady hand behind the scenes to make sure that this show, that this, this nugget of star Wars won't, you know, won't maybe be the beginning of a downward slide, a Marvel Studios sort of slide. Who is it? That's got a firm hand on the tiller. Well, of course, Dave Filoni of star Wars rebels of star Wars, clone wars also of uh, the Mandalorian uh, has written all eight of these Ahsoka episodes, he directs two of them. He directs the pilot. He directs episode five. Um, and I think the thing you're going to notice when you watch them is how deftly he imitates animated style, but with live action. And Pete, I'll add, I think that for as much as you and I, uh, have a, have a sense of real sympathy towards all of the writers guild demands. And, you know, I think generally have a sense of, you know, power to the workers and things of that sort. It is worth mentioning one of the currently black and white stipulations from the writers guild and who knows what's get, what, what, what gets negotiated to the middle. But one of the, one of the real sticking points is to have big, writing writing staffs for every project regardless of episode count this and that the other worth mentioning as you said this entire ahsoka run it's the first season of a multi-season is it standalone who cares at this point that's all one writer i think back to andor you know primarily written by two people uh, i think the writing staff ballooned up to three total um ditto with mandalorian very small you know, two, three, maybe four people are involved in the writing of a season. The mini um, rooms are a, are a real, real concern. And there's a tremendous uh, essay put out by George R. R. Martin about this. You know, somebody who cut his teeth on TV with the Twilight Zone, Zone uh, reboot 
and then eventually the eighties one, not the two thousands one, yes. not the twenty twenties one, <laughs> yes, not the, the uh, Jordan Peele one. Um, and then eventually, uh, you know, ran the um, uh, Beauty and Beast show on CBS, and you know, all that he was able to do as a young TV writer, as an inexperienced TV writer on the Twilight Zone and go to set and all these other things that under the current stipulations are not. Now, listen, are there exceptions to that rule? I would argue even very sympathetic to the uh, Writers Guild that I hope to one day belong, uh, that there are. And I, I think this is a special example with Filoni to have a guy who, you know, created, if not helped to create these characters, what with the titular character of Ahsoka, uh, write them all, you know, who else are you bringing in? Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that he's so on top of these and then to direct two of them, somebody who hadn't directed live action until the Mandalorian. Um, I, I think it's important. So clearly this uh, influence, to say the least, of Filoni here. Um, obviously, we have Rosario Dawson familiar with the character. We have a, a bunch of familiar uh, faces and we've talked about uh, before. So, uh, Pete, how would you like to build this out further in terms of this landing zone that is getting closer and closer to us? Well, obviously, Ahsoka is the focus, but where you bring in those other rebels characters that we have not yet seen in live action and principally Sabine Wren played by Natasha Liu Bordizo. Okay. And then Harrison Dula played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who they kept that casting uh, from being formally announced until April. Um, and really they form the heart of this show. Uh, I would add to that, that the, the interesting nugget I got from that Rosario Dawson interview from July was that they shot this show in six months, but they used two full-time crews um, by which she then did the math and said, if we only had one crew, it would have taken an entire year. Um, I've often wondered why TV shows don't do that. Like if you think, for example, of the old, let's say, Star Trek The Next Generation model. Once they figured out how to do the show after the first couple of years, all right, now we're going to shoot in eight days. We're going to shoot a data episode. So we need Brent for six of the eight days. And, you know, we only need Patrick Stewart for two and Jonathan Frakes for one and whatever it might be. Look, I don't want people overworked at all. Let's have minimum... Um, you know, rather maximum hours and minimum downtime, things of that sort. But surely there's a medium that's greater than, oh, we're going to have Patrick Stewart, you know, hang out for six of the next eight work days. On the Ahsoka series, it seems like people were, <laughs> people were working quite often to chug through these, um, to chug through these episodes. I would hope, Pete, again, coming off of Secret Invasion, I would hope, then if you had two crews shooting for six months, even with there being, you know, COVID provisions in there and, and slow down in production and, and all that stuff, hopefully we don't have mostly half hour long episodes. I know there's a rumor out there that the third episode is like 31 minutes and whatnot. And I always, I will always default to 
that episode of the Mandalorian, either the second or the third one, that's largely without dialogue. That's like second. twenty. The second one where they go for the suka suka and the yep. you know and so forth. That's a brilliant episode. Top tier. Okay, I would put aside episode links. I really would, and I'm not saying that like oh you know the, the first one's fifteen minutes and the second one is is five, but I, I would again focus on how much happens, the production quality. Okay, and and then what we really have to talk about is presentation and who's going to show up, Matt, because uh, one, I will tell you uh, that there's a convention they use from the movies that I was super surprised that they did. And two, uh, if you've watched any of the promotional stuff, there's a scene that's out, okay, that they've. Uh, put on social media and then prior to that the last real promotional thing they did had a voiceover um, that was a character that is near and dear to Ahsoka telling her all about the things she's eventually going to come up against and that I'm allowed to talk about well it's funny Pete because if we're talking about the same thing um Look, I don't I don't seek out spoilers, but I've been on the Wikipedia page for Ahsoka a bunch in the last six months. And when there was this reveal in the last week, I was like, yeah, didn't everybody know he's in this somehow? Like that, that there's the, he he shows up in this show in some capacity. I thought that that was generally known as opposed to kind of mind blowing. So I guess I was ahead of the curve there. We're, of course, of talking about Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker who has not been seen in this role just yet, but has been heard. Um, and we'll see how that all goes down. Um, but interestingly, Matt, some of the uh, merchandising that has come out of the show has revealed at least one other uh, character we've seen before who will now pop up in live action. Ooh, do you want to do you want to give a hint or do you want to do you want to let that let that soak in? What's your preference? Uh, soak in. Uh, I'll put it out here in a way that those who have seen Rebels will know and those who haven't, uh, it won't mean anything. But uh, we're going to see Spectre 7 in live action. Certainly exciting stuff. And to tie it back to our earlier direct discussion about the rebels show it will be i feel like there's the potential for this ahsoka series to to be walking a fine line between you know what is fan service what is direct continuation what is stuff where the average fan is like i don't understand why this is a big deal somebody just showed up and the music said da, 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 and i don't get it um i have every confidence that feloni and company uh, let's not forget John Favreau is still involved as a producer and all of that, but I have every confidence that it's all going to come together the way it was intended. If nothing else, Pete, I think back, I think back to this, the, the latest season of the Mandalorian where I feel like, and it's not a slam against the season as a whole. I feel like some of the most interesting episodes were that one where we're on Coruscant and we're just kind of on this wandering thing with, with, with the doctor and, and, and so forth. Like, I like these nooks and crannies. It doesn't need to necessarily always be, it says Ahsoka, so it has to be Ahsoka doing Ahsoka things. You know, it doesn't need to be 
it doesn't need to be directly driven there. And honestly, the fact that Rosario Dawson is only one person who could not be shooting simultaneously with the two crews. I mean, you want to tell me she does the morning with crew one doing episode one and morning and the afternoon with crew two doing scenes from that sort of thing. Okay, fine. But it speaks to me that it's not all Ahsoka all the time. And you can have Rosario is on stage one doing her stuff. Meanwhile, over on stage two, other things are going on that we're going to love just as much of the shows that they've had to this point. This has the largest canvas and you really feel that from the jump. Um, and then I think it's a real question, you know, what with grand Admiral Thrawn's uh, inclusion here, who else can potentially show up? Will we see, uh, Captain Pelion, who was in uh, season three of The Mandalorian. Does The Mandalorian himself, at some point later in the season, come in and out a la Book of Boba Fett? Oh, hey, we got to see a guy that can track down a thing or whatever. Um, I feel like that's you know, a, I feel like that's right there. Like, go ahead and do that. And it doesn't, need, doesn't even need to be, you know, as with Book of Boba Fett. And co-starring the Mandalorian for the last four episodes or whatever, and it literally could be a character in film and TV right now, not named Barbie. Right, right. Um, the, the the potential is there to have Mandalorian, to have Grogu, to have Boba Fett, to have them all there. And I don't think any one of us would say, "Oh, I didn't get enough." You know, there's there, there there's three seasons of the Mandalorian. Ah, he was only in the last half of episode six or whatever, and then he said, "Oh, I'm going back to my farm." Good luck with your fight against Thrawn. Um, don't get me wrong. I would like more versus less. But if if the story leaves me satisfied, he has come and done his thing. You know, I don't think we're going to say, but it's supposed to be season 3.5 of The Mandalorian. We'll be satisfied. Ditto for Boba Fett. Ditto for a bunch of these characters. Well, what about, you know, Boba Fett, Boba Fett? You know, what if, what if there are more clones, Matt? What if there's Captain Rex? Um, that I've seen out there a little bit. I think that could be, that could be fun. Um, I would say immediately it would come with dialogue as we, similar as as we saw with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series where it's like, oh, my clone friend, or you're one of those clone (laughs) troopers, or hey, newer members of the audience, this is not another episode of Book of Boba Fett. This is another guy who's a lookalike. Hello, clone lookalike friend. So be on the lookout for that if Tamora Morrison does show up in any non-Boba Fett capacity. Despite the insistence that Dave Filoni has been castrated by the hand of uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, really the empowerment, he's allowed to go full-on space samurai with this show. And you really, really get a sense of that. I mean, you watch the scene that's out there. Um, you know, with the, the action and, you know, just can't wait to talk about all the things in these first two episodes, but, you know, you can jump right in, you can, you know, have loved all those other shows. And and this is going to touch that, uh, really great that they brought over, um, the composer from both clone wars and, uh, rebels and Kevin Kiner. And he revisits, so many of those familiar themes for these characters. 
So I think that really only aids in both establishing for live action and refreshing from the animation uh, these lay motifs that you know have so been a part of Star Wars for all of its existence. And you speak of the existence of Star Wars. I know this is something we've explored before, particularly with Star Wars, but this kind of question, you know, what do you expect out of, let's say, a Marvel Studios production? And that, you know, it could be magic, it could be Earthbound, it could be Mechanical Suit, etc. What do you expect out of Star Trek? A little less wiggle room in terms of, you know, do we really want to do the Star Trek series about the guy that lives on the hermit planet and, you know, uses no technology? Okay. Star Wars, it took a little elbowing, um, but just this notion, particularly in, let's say, the Star Wars TV era, where sometimes you have your Jedi shows and sometimes you have your, what is this Jedi tribe? I'm a Mandalorian type shows. And sometimes you have, you know, a Jedi shows up for a little bit in the one and so forth. Sometimes you have Andor where it's, you know, the people, right? I mean, there's barely, do, do we see a lightsaber in Andor? I don't think so. He's not, no. not turned on, right? You know, no. um, but again, with this pendulum here of, we kind of get back. I don't want to say get back to the roots because then it suggests that somehow we've we, we've strayed from home. But in the great Star Wars tree, you know, we're we're back to space samurai with magic powers. Pete, am I correct in saying that there are at least according to the trailers, there are four force wielders in this show right off the bat? Um, two goodies That's and two baddies. Something that uh, brushes up against what I'm not allowed to speak of at this point. Um, but again, that we kind of, we, that we get to return to that portion of Star Wars that we enjoy, you know, kind of the Luke Skywalker has a lightsaber and those are, that's, that, that's great fun. Sometimes it's Han Solo and Princess Leia have blasters. That's been other shows and or Mandalorian to a certain degree and so forth. But, you know, the fact that we get back to space samurai wizards here, I think that just adds to you know the overall star wars list of ingredients here boom we get that back and then pete as we look ahead to december maybe there's less force people in skeleton crew i don't know but i would bet that that's the case uh if we see that this year but with ahsoka and a character that just turned 15 as far as how long we've had her around and i remember matt i kind of groaned when she came on the screen in 2008 and you know, boy, have I been made to eat those words. And while it's a little rough early on with the snips and the Sky Guy stuff, uh, I remember watching what at the time was the super, uh, you know, shocking finale of Clone Wars when she walks away from the Jedi Order and that's it. And the sad credits and I'm like, oh, my God. How how have they done this to me and that we were able to get some more Clone Wars and we were able to get a little bit more uh, after it went first to Netflix for a season and then finished up with Disney Plus. And then we had Ahsoka come into uh, Star Wars Rebels, um, you know, to now have this character not get a guest shot or a name check in the Mandalorian, but get her own story and how important this has been to Filoni 
This is treated with all that reverence. So think about it. There are kids who would have seen that 2008, you know, cartoon movie that was essentially three episodes, a pilot for the TV show coming to Cartoon Network, who I don't know were were seven who are now in this 20 in their 20s. Okay, and how important Ahsoka is to them. Well, Pete, that is a a, a thundering endorsement here of all that this show can be and all that it, that it means to so many people. Um, obviously, Ahsoka's return to Star Wars storytelling was in Rebels, and obviously there's this great infusion of the Rebels characters we've discussed so far. Uh, add to it Thrawn, you know, I mean... A Marvel problem is how bad is your baddie in Star Wars? I mean, Thrawn is one of the all-time greats there. Mm -hmm. uh, any other thoughts for other characters that that we've seen, whether we've discussed them a little or not at all? Any other any other predictions? Spoiler: Pete wants to make before we start to wrap up here. Just the way that Grand Admiral Thrawn and a character we've seen in promotion, and again, if you know your Star Wars Rebels and Ezra Bridger, okay. Uh, how they're linked, you know, uh, for those who are not familiar with the show towards the end of Rebels. And and really, if I was going to advise you to watch one thing, because, all right, go go back and watch, you know, four seasons of a show. You're, you're not going to regret it. I really don't think you, you are. Uh, much like Clone Wars early on, it's a little, you know, I guess cringe would be the, the parlance of of today there are some moments like oh this is space aladdin uh but by the end the the coda uh of star wars rebels i think is so beautifully done um i i would you know youtube the the end of star wars rebels and there's a scene where uh, ezra uh who has trained as a jedi takes grand admiral thrawn off the board for the empire something that we're led to believe that if the emperor had this master tactician at his disposal during uh, the civil war, he would have won. Uh, so Ezra has taken him away and the two of them are linked in that and how they've gone off to wherever. Um, and that clearly Sabine Wren, who had a, you know, close relationship with Ezra uh, that I think is a little bit nebulous on the show in part, you know, because of the potential audience it's directed at. And I think that, you know, the, the live action here might, might speak a little bit more clearly too. Okay. Uh, and a mentor mentee relationship, not just with Ahsoka, but Sabine as well. Um, yeah. Seeing that Ezra has been publicly cast with Iman Isfandi and, you know, when that character shows up other than, you know, hey, here's a hologram where he's recorded a message to Sabine that she keeps with his lightsaber that he didn't leave with. Pete, worth mentioning one more time, despite the show now being moved from Wednesdays, albeit Wednesday in the middle of the night, to Tuesday evenings, uh, at least in these United States, uh, our Star Wars Saturday podcast will continue at that time. So keep an eye out for the the polls on Twitter. Keep an eye out for uh, you know, sending in your thoughts to our Gmail and so forth. And just very, very much looking forward to the whole 
the whole Ahsoka run here that we're going to have for the next six, seven weeks as we make our way through what is hopefully the first of multiple seasons uh, of Ahsoka. I think the idea of seasons as opposed to this grand multi-series story would really be the way to look at it. But I will definitely be down if they want to do multiple seasons of Ahsoka. And Pete, our whole forthcoming Ahsoka journey made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek and our ongoing thanks to those who keep us listeners supported. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to uh, consider, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Uh, big fantastic geek formal 10 year anniversary coming next month that i can't believe it how time flies and we have some special things in store for both over the air listeners and then the people behind the vip curtain uh but if you can't contribute right now and we certainly understand you can get yourself to apple Podcasts. you can help us out there leave us a rating leave us a review share our links uh help people find us so ahsoka can find ezra and let's keep the Star Wars conversation going. How can people be in touch with you on social media, Pete? You can find me on Twitter. I'm not calling it the other thing. And threads at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,690 fans, followers, whatever we're still calling them uh, on Twitter. Uh, those people can't be wrong, but there's fewer of them. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are fantastic geek as well. But we, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantastic geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Pete, as we mentioned earlier, tomorrow we'll be talking the Star Trek Strange New World season two in review. And of course, counting down until Star Wars Saturday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final preview word. Talk to you soon. 